Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today, we're talking about a very interesting remedy. It's not even in all the Materia Medicas. It's not even in all the keynote books. But this has been such an important remedy in my world since I discovered homeopathy that I decided I need to share this with people because not even all homeopaths use this remedy as often as they really could. Anyway, <laughs> the remedy is a nozode made from the saliva of a rabid dog. It's the rabies nozode. And remember the word nozode means made from diseased tissue. And so everybody's going to kind of freak out when they, what? Rabies? Now remember, anything that's been potentized and diluted so far that there's no longer any actual substance left to it, the only thing left in that nozode is the energy from the rabies disease. So you can see why this would be such a powerful remedy. And then you'd say, well, what would we use it for? Well, you can use it to homeoprophylactically treat your animals. I know a lot of people freak out about rabies, and we were fortunate enough to have Dr. Todd on our podcast here recently, and he, he alluded to the rabies vaccine and the rabies nozode. And so I'm just following up here because it turns out this last week my granddaughter was bit by a dog. They were out for a walk, and a lady was outside with her dog. The dog left the yard and ran to the sidewalks and bit my granddaughter. Anyway, and I'm like, okay, so when she described the dog, I said, it sounds like the exact same dog that bit a guy that stopped at our store. The dog had bit through the jeans, and he didn't go in and report it either. I actually did make my granddaughter go report the fact that this dog bit her um, just to the police station. Um, She knew where the dog lived and everything, so they can keep an eye on it if he does it again. You know, personally, I think a dog that bites for non-provocation reasons should be put down. I had to put one of my dogs down. I found out that the young lady that used to ride by our house. We lived in the country, and she would ride by our house on her bicycle, and I did not know that my dog bit her. Actually, I seen her mom uptown, and she says, oh, you know, you bit her. Maybe you want to keep your dog tied up. She's bit my daughter twice now. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was was devastated. I was upset that she didn't tell me the first time because, you know, I have a yard full of kids. Obviously, she's not going to bite my own children, but I don't want her biting innocent children as they go by on the road. Like if somebody was to come into my yard and do threatening things, then hmm, I can understand why a dog would try to protect its family then. But just to chase a kid down on a bike, no, that's that's uh, a dog with no self-control. So anyway, um, and dog bites can be extremely dangerous, not to mention, I mean, (laughs) I've been bit four times in my life by dogs. First time when I was nine months old by a little chihuahua. The second time I tried to pet it, apparently. The second time I was nine years old and I got bit in the hip. I was petting a St. Bernard. Oddly enough, St. Bernard's never bite, right? <laughs> anyway, and so I I was petting this dog, myself and a whole bunch of other kids. We were at 4-H meeting, and I turned to walk away, and the dog reached out and grabbed me, and he got me in the hip, and his tooth snagged me, 
and it drew blood and everything else. And uh, so, but oddly enough, I was not afraid from that bite because I, I didn't feel the dog had any ill. I didn't feel like he did it on purpose. He just wanted to grab me. And then I got bit by a little mama dog, a tiny little ankle biter, you know. <laughs> uh, when she had puppies, I ran through the room and she nabbed at my ankle. And lo and behold, she did the same thing in a second letter. Not my dog, but somebody else's. And um, I should have known better than to run through the room. She did feel threatened when I ran. And so she bit me. But I, she's never bit me when she didn't have puppies. So it's a, it's a friend's dog. But anyway, dogs can be quite vicious for whatever reason, whether they're protecting their people or their puppies or whatever. And what ha- what can happen is the person that gets bit can be left with residual effects, whether it be physical or mental. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first of all, as far as the rabies nozone, I will tell you that um, it's that disease itself is so contradictory in the sense that the animal will feel very often, y'all seen Old Yeller, right? (laughs) I've never actually seen any animal ever die of rabies because it's a disease that's really not prevalent in this country anymore. And if it was, we can cure it. Uh, Hahnemann cured rabies using stramonium 200C. Belladonna stramonium, either one of them works really, really well against the rabies disease. Lysinum, or this rabies nozode, is very effectual for homeoprophylactically immunizing your animals, not just dogs, but, you know, cats, all, anybody can get rabies, uh, as far as, you know, like from bats, um, I've actually seen gophers come out of the ground in the middle of the winter because they probably had rabies. Um, but bats, coons, fox, things like that, anything that hibernates is susceptible to rabies. So you can actually, I've actually had people tell me that they'll put a pan of water out on the edge of their woods or where the fox run, or where they know the, the coons are, or whatever, and they will put homeopathic lysinum in this water, slosh it all around, and they will vaccinate the animals in their area with that home, homeoprophylactically vaccinate their animals with lysinum so that the rabies vi- virus doesn't become a thing in their area. So anyway, um, <laughs> I the most important Thing I wanted to talk about this remedy for is the fact that I use it so often for persons who actually get bit by a dog. And you say, what? <laughs> now remember, like cures like. And the thing is, is like rabies is such a frightful, frightful remedy that the, per- the animal that would have rabies, the meninges of the brain obviously would be inflamed. And so the pain would be excruciating. They, they even are afraid of water because even because water shines and it flows and it moves. And so they're going to be afraid of that. They're going to be afraid of anything that moves suddenly. And like I said, they're going to have the pain and they're going to be in pain. They'll look sympathetic or they'll look pathetic. And then all of a sudden they can just turn on you, you know, and be extremely aggressive and extremely mean. And so you have that, that contradictory thing, um, personality when it comes to rabies. So if we read about what, in Robin Murphy's Materia Medica, he says, he writes, Herring in 1833 was the first. Now Herring was Hahnemann's student, remember. He was the first to prove and to suggest the employment of this nozode in medicine. Later it became notorious, notorious for the experiments of Pasteur. The pathogenesis of lysinum is made up partly of symptoms observed in a rabid animal. 
and in human patients, but chiefly of symptoms developed in the provings. Now remember, what is a proving? A proving is when they take a homeopathic remedy and they give it to persons. Well, back in the good old days, they used to actually give the raw substance, but obviously you wouldn't do that with, with a rabies. But they give the remedy for an amount of time until that person starts to prove that remedy. In other words, starts to develop symptoms which the homeopathic remedy in a sick person would get rid of. So that's known as approving. And that's the most effective way to understand uh, a particular medicine, a homeopathic medicine. And like in the medical world, you know, the allopathic world, they actually pay people to come in and take drugs. <laughs> and then they watch their symptoms. And I, I knew a young man once that actually was part of that medical study. And I asked him, I said, why would you do something like that? He was trying to pay his way through college, right? Why would you do something like that? And he said, well, it helps pay the bills. And I said, oh, for crying out loud. I said, what, what's the drug that you're, that you're helping them test? And, oh, let me think. What was the name of that? It was, uh, was Viagra. I believe it was Viagra. Yeah. Anyway. Viagra given to a healthy young man, his, all his back teeth, his wisdom teeth all crumbled out. Well, the wisdom teeth are the, the roadmap to like the blood pressure, the systems of the body that controls the blood pressure. And all his teeth crumbled and fell out. All his wisdom teeth did. It's like, what the heck? So, you know, so when a man who has uncontrollable blood pressure, the Viagra might help them, but of course it's not in its whole food form or it's in whole form, it's a constituent. So obviously there's going to be tremendous side effects. But I just think it's horrible the way they test actual raw drugs today. We're like with homeopathy, we do, do, we do the provings, but we're doing it with a dilute substance that there's no longer any medicinal value to that remedy at all anymore. And it's, so it's perfectly safe. And in the allopathic world, they just get away with it just by paying people and they sign their, their life away. And so just irritates me to know it. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Don't get me off on tangent, right? All right, so then um, Herring is testing this. And so what he, the provings that they had done back in 1833 still stand today. And these are an amazing to really understand the full depth of this disease because that's exactly what a proving will help us do. So the remedy has been ex extensively used in practice, not only in cases of hydrophobia, but also in many disorders in which keynote symptoms have been present. The effects of bites of, from non-rabid dogs have been removed by this nozode. So what are some of the effects that we might experience when we're bit by a dog that is, doesn't have rabies, but we're just bit? What happens to us when that happens? Well, most people have an initial, ah, fright. And then some people, depending on the size of the dog or what the dog looked like or the, how aggressive the dog was, that person can actually go into a mild form of shock or even a deeper seated shock. They can be so afraid of dogs after that that they can just never really get over it. And we'll go on and we'll talk about some of the other symptoms here as we go. Dysentery is, um, what, are this, what is one of the things that happens to some people when they have an extreme fright? They can actually mess themselves, right? And so dysentery with pain and tenesimus, in other words, that cramping pain and on hearing water. So it brings that rabies nozode into their world. <laughs> they hear water, they get cramping pain, and they have to run to the toilet. Okay? They can have, they can develop excessive saliva, um, excessive amounts of saliva, thirst, with the inability to swallow. A lot of people, you'll, they're, one of the rubrics is they can, they can swallow food, but they can't swallow water. Guess what? Remedy would be really helpful for that. Sign, just ah, sign, and sign respiration, trembling, 
and quivering sensations throughout the whole body. Again, what one of the effects of deep-seated fright. Sensitive to breath of the air, bright objects can aggravate them, especially the surface of the water or sounds, and most of all, the sound of running water. Convulsions can actually be brought on by a dazzling light or the sight of running water. That, those are some of the things that can be set up within a constitution when they have had that kind of attack upon their person, that bite, that, and depending on how deep-seated that is, it can really be debilitating to some persons. I've actually had um, little dogs, especially the people, nowadays the big thing is, um, oh, she's a rescue dog. Oh, he's a rescue dog. And I'm like, okay. So you go to pet this little rescue dog and it squats on the floor and pees. Well, I ask myself, is that a result of having been beaten by an owner that was mean? Or is that the result of the rabies shot? You know, honestly, it can be either or. So if they have had the rabies vaccine and they had an aggravation, in other words, vaccine injury, that can be one of the results is that necessity to squat and pee. Again, it can be from a mean master, that that's why they're in the rescue in the first place, or it can just simply be because they have an extremely sensitive countenance. They're extremely sensitive to any sort of movement. Somebody, they think maybe they're going to get beat or hit, or they're just simply that sensitive that they don't know that person, so they're going to pee. You know, there's a lot of different reasons that a dog might squat like that. But I will tell you what, you give them the lysinum nosode, and that is one of the things that really improves, especially if it's been from abuse, if they if it had been from abuse. And so um, that's one of the things about the rabies nosode is it's such a frightful, horrific disease that that fright is extremely deep and deep-seated. And so, like I said, that the bite and it can be a bite from any animal. It doesn't have to be just a dog. They can have been bitten by a cat, which is super horrible, but or a mouse or a hamster or a guinea pig or what else can bite? Oh, horses can bite accidentally. You know, they're not, and that can be horrific. And that, that kind of attack upon the person sets up that type of fright that lysinum will help so much. So one of the things that, like I said, the main thing about lysinum is hypersensitivity of all senses heightened awareness. They can be empathetic to others' pain. They're uh, sometimes clairvoyant. The emotions and bad news aggravate terribly. Um, there's usually a history of physical or other type of abuse, of feelings of isolation and being ridiculed or tormented, anxiety, restlessness with great prostration, rapid speech, roams about, anxiety from hearing church bells, um, indecision even in small matters. Thoughts of something terrible going to happen could come into his mind and against his will. Fear something bad will happen. Again, that's that clairvoyant aspect to someone's line of thinking. Obviously, hydrophobia is an issue, but if someone actually had, if you suspected an animal or a person had been exposed to rabies, the first thing I would do would be to give belladonna, uh, 200C, um, or stramonium, as, long, as well as the lysinum nosode, and I would give them an alternating fashion. And I will interject right now, and I will talk briefly about the rabies vaccine. I mean, I know it's done a lot of good in the past, but at the same time, most of our animals are so domesticated that they live in town. They live in our homes. They're not out roaming around digging out gophers or chasing down coons or attacking bats that you know fly out of the roof or anything like that. So our animals are not even being exposed to rabies. 
and yet it's state law that everybody gets the rabies vaccine. And if you don't have proof of vaccine, you can't go to the vet, you can't have your dog spayed or neutered, you can't even go to the dog groomer anymore unless you have proof of rabies vaccine. And I just, I think it's one of those criminal, <laughs> seriously criminal issues that the state thinks they can mandate that type of law. And because nobody, it just, it just takes the common sense out of anything anymore. Anyway, I actually had an animal at one time, and I've, I think I've told this story on a podcast once before, but the, the dog, it was a dog actually, and he came creeping into the yard. Um, my, well, he had been gone for a couple of days, and my kids, um, I had a golden retriever actually, so they're really timid, sweet dogs. You never see them do anything that would be contrary to just the most sweet, dis, sweet disposition. And uh, so the kids come tearing in the house, Mom, Mom, Max is home. And I'm like, what? I go, come outside. And here's this dog creeping in, like, on, on his belly, like, doing the army crawl across the yard from the woods. I'm like, what the heck? And I, I called him, and he kind of looked at me, but he, was, he had his eyes focused on the children. And uh, as I got closer, I said, because I thought maybe somebody taught him a trick or something, you know, I didn't know. And all the kids were acting pretty. They're like, what the heck is wrong with Max, Mom? And I said, uh... I don't know. He was foaming at the mouth and doing this belly crawl, and he crawled all the way across the yard. And oh my gosh, I don't even know why I went over and got him. Um, I tied him up because we do have we did have a dog kennel at the time outside. And I went over and I tied him up, and I said, "You kids, stay away from him." And I went in the house and I I got Belladonna at the time. But then I just took little balls of hamburger and I I was putting the remedy on top of it, and I would toss it to him, and he would he would take the remedy the belladonna. I managed to get some in his water as well, but I don't think he ever drank water. And we kept him tied up for two and a half weeks. After that day, he didn't seem to be acting weird again. He just, he was quiet. He, he did seem kind of quiet for a few days, but he came right out of whatever was going on. Like I said, I told the kids, you stay away from him under pains of death. Do you go near that dog? I really believe that the belladonna brought him out of it. Just like belladonna will interrupt any virus, like it interrupts West Nile, encephalitis, if it's viral, meningitis, any viral disease belladonna will um, interrupt. And then the body can actually heal. But that was a really, really scary thing for me um, because, you know, obviously I watched Old Yeller as a kid too. What kid didn't, right? But it's a real thing. We, you know, my dog had been gone for a few days. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. But I felt I, I was empowered because I had remedies and I took every precaution, and I, at any given time, if his symptoms would have got worse, we obviously would have shot him on the spot and then burned his body right there with gasoline because there's not, there's not nothing anybody could do. And I wasn't, well, you know, to go the expense of turning in his brain and everything, I wouldn't have done that. But um, you just have to take all the precautions. I know we had that, that gopher that came out of the ground that one winter. It was 20 below zero, and here comes this gopher, and he dies up on top of the snow. My husband just went out, and he was dead. But he just burned him right then and there, just so that anything that he would have touched was just, you know, disinfected with, you know, gone. But anyway, I take these I take these diseases very seriously. But at the same time, with homeopathy, I feel very empowered, and I know the injury that these nozodes cause. Uh, I'm not saying to not get your your animal vaccinated if there's any chance whatsoever that he'll come in contact with mice or whatever. But I. I do know also that you can use homeoprophylaxis to 
safely immunize your animals. And then if there's any symptoms, then you use the belladonna, the stramonium, to treat the symptoms. And because I've seen anal tumors and, and all sorts of things, hot spots on the skin and just, you name it, animals that have the strangest diseases nowadays that they never had when I was growing up. And I don't, I don't vaccinate my animals, but <laughs> um, they have no diseases. They all just die of old age. You know, 15, 16 years old, they'll just one day slow down and basically say goodbye to you and just, they'll just die. But no diseases that I ever have to take them to the vet for, illnesses or anything else. And no arthritis, no kidney shutdown, no anything. So it's just, like I said, I, I'm so thankful for homeopathy. I, I just, <laughs> wow, I'm thankful for homeopathy. But anyway, there's a lot of different things, a lot of things that come out in the proving of this remedy that are very interesting. And like I said, I won't go into all of them, but everything from um, rigid muscles to distension of the abdomen in the evening, wants water but can't drink it, warm drinks are taken more easily, swelling of the inguinal glands, sore lower abdomen. All of these things, if they've been bitten by an animal, any kind of animal, or there's been an extreme fright, this may very well be a great remedy for any of these types of symptoms. Anxiety in an airplane, they feel as if they'd suffocate. <laughs> that, that's actually a real thing. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not laughing, but it's, it is a real thing. Some people just, as soon as they feel a little bit claustrophobic, yeah, that, that can come on. The bladder kidney area, sensitivity to light, wild, rolling or staring eyes, bloodshot eyes, burning and stitching of the eyes. And the fears, fears are the most prominent of all the symptoms. It's fear of injury. Fear of being attacked or desire to attack and fear of water. I actually had a case one time. I took the case and it was early in my, my career and I sent it off to one of the doctors I was working with. And this was the remedy that my patient was given because they had such a desire to pummel everyone in their, in their path. And yet they were the sweetest person. It's just so, so sweet. But their response to everything was to pummel the other person. And this remedy made a huge, a huge difference in their life. I will say, just, just it was just a one dose thing, because that was the acute situation that they were living in. Okay, um, like I said, with rabies, there's always going to be that. You know, anytime there's a serious illness, there's there's the aching of the limbs, weakness of the legs, especially when ascending, weight and heaviness in the legs and shoulders, um, left hip aches in the bone, um, dull left sciatica nerve. There's a lot of different aches and pains that can come on with this type of um, illness, especially in the, like I said, through the proving, all these things came out. And there's, there's male and female symptoms. I, it's really fun to read this in the, in the Materia Medica. And like I said, it is one of the remedies in my new book. The mind and behavior remedy keynotes are the most, are the most prominent and rage followed by repentance. They can be the, like, a, I think of like a child, a child or um, who just is angry and, and then they're sorry. That's a huge, a huge rubric. So malignant ulcers from the bite of a dog, bluish discoloration of any bites, cancers, sores, or pustules. Ill effects of, vac of the rabies vaccine. This remedy can be, can be given to help counter that. And that's one of the things as well with the vaccine injury, is I tell people, I says, if you absolutely have to give your dogs or your animals vaccinations, make sure you're doing the thuya. So follow any vaccine with the nozote if you have access to it, and then also the thuya and that self, and get that animal cleaned up and have it, you know, things will be pulled from the body that way. 
and hopefully there will be no residual effects, especially the mental aspect of a particular vaccine. Okay, I guess we've talked about that <laughs> enough. I just really wanted to bring this to the surface because it's, it's not used enough. Um, there's just so many ill effects of vaccines nowadays. And like I said, two times this week, that same dog, I know it was the same dog because the man described the dog the same way that my granddaughter did, looked like a big yellow lab crossed with a pit bull. <laughs> and it didn't bark. It just came running off the porch for my granddaughter and just bit her and then went away again. And with the man, he said that dog came after him down the bike trail. And he just thought the dog was being cute. And he says he never barked, just ran up and just chomped him in the leg, put a hole in his jeans and everything. So it's just, um, and like I said, I said, you need a dose of lice in him. He goes, huh? <laughs> it's, it's nice to know about this. It's nice to know that you have recourse, you, something that can help get rid of those residual effects of that kind of injury. Because I said, it really does make a difference. And it, sometimes people, even as adults, can still hold on to that, that type of fright and even that desire for rage, even if they were bit as a child. So it's definitely worth looking at. Or, and if you're not sure, ask a homeopath. Get, have your case taken and go see a homeopath and say, hey, you know what? I was bit by a dog. Do you think that's why I have all this anger in me? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth looking at. Okay? I hope this helps. I just like I said, I just want to make everyone aware of some of the wonderful remedies that are out there that we don't utilize often enough. Okay. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.